Welcome to The Hendy Show, a podcast exploring the why behind some of today's most intriguing ideas, businesses, and personalities to inform and inspire the best version of you. I'm your host, Amanda Hendy. On today's episode, I sit down with John Russo. John is an award-winning business coach, leadership development trainer, entrepreneur, and now author, having recently released his first book, Liberate Your Greatness. John has dedicated his life to helping people and organizations unlock their full potential. I am so, so excited to share this conversation with you because it is filled with actionable strategies to help unlock the greatness in you. As we approach the end of 2023 and begin to set goals for the new year, I hope this episode helps you elevate your mindset and unleash your full potential. As John says, your greatness is your gift to the world. If you are enjoying this podcast, please help support it by liking, sharing, and leaving a review. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you and yours the happiest of holidays and a new year filled with greatness. It feels like we've got to have a proper catch-up. I know we're going to do a, a podcast recording now, but um, we need we need to have a proper catch-up at some point. I know. I would love that. I would love that for sure. Uh, I feel like a lot's changed, obviously. I'm doing a podcast right now. <laughs> Well, I was so excited to see it. Um, I thought, yeah, that's a fantastic move on your part. You've got loads of value to add. You've got a great network. So um, I'm excited about, you know, just all the guests that you're going to bring on board. So thank you for inviting me to be on the show. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy to have you here to speak to you today to share some of the insights and tips and wisdom uh, from your new book, Liberate Your Greatness, which is the culmination of over 20 plus years of business coaching. So a long time in the making. Um, I also really believe in the power of coaching. So I'm excited to be able to spend an entire episode uh, talking about the benefits of coaching. And also it's obviously getting close to the end of the year which is often a time of self-reflection and goal setting for the new year. Uh, and is why I really wanted to do this now and not delay despite my sickness that I'm fighting through. <laughs> my voice might crack at some point. I've been struggling, but uh, sorry about that to anyone who's listening. Um, but again, I just really wanted to get it out uh, to the world. So that is a long way of saying welcome. Happy to have you. Thank you, Amanda. So good to be on the show with you. I'm excited about the conversation today. You know my heart for liberating greatness and um, especially the power of coaching. So excited for us to dive into some great concepts today. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Um, and if it's okay with you, I'd love to start kind of deep um, because the theme of this podcast is exploring the why behind the idea, the person, the vision, etc. You know, I didn't want to just focus on what the guest is doing, but why they're, why they are doing it. Because I think the why, for example, why they are trying to solve a particular problem and why it matters, whatever it is, the why really informs the what. And I believe is what helps us achieve our goals and overcome even the hardest of challenges. So I loved opening up your book and seeing on the very first page, three questions that you pose to the reader. Um, and those are, who do you want to become? What do you want to achieve? And what impact do you want to have on the world? And I think mm -hmm. they seem simple, but I think if you haven't taken the time to sit with those questions recently, or maybe even ever, it can give you a lot to think about, obviously. So 
knowing you, I feel like you are very clear on your purpose and your purpose truly drives your work. So I would love for you to share your answers to those questions and also explain why you think they're so important that they're on page one of your book. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, I think it's so important for us to think about um, who we want to be, what we want to do, and what we want to have in terms of impact and experiences the world in the world. You know, and sometimes we we get that order wrong. We think if we have certain things, then we can do certain things, and then we will be a certain person. We'll have a certain identity. But I want to flip that on its head and say, well, who do you want to become? Who do you need to become? What skills do you need to acquire? If you have a big goal and a big vision for your life, who do you need to become to be able to do those things? and be that person that can achieve those things and therefore have those things and have the impact that you can have in your life. So for me, um, a, a while ago, I set myself the um, the goal, the vision that I wanted to become a world-class CIS OTAC. And the CIS OTAC stands for Coach, Influencer, Speaker. So that's the CIS. Mm-hmm. And then the OTAC is Online Trainer, Author, and Consultant. And I know there's a lot in that. And I realized, okay, I can't do all of those at the same time. So I'm going to need to um, specialize in one to begin with. And I chose the first one, which is the coaching and thinking I need to level up my skills. I need to be able to study and practice and master the skill of coaching. And I've always been passionate about coaching. So for the last 20 years, I've been delivering coaching in some shape or form and then ultimately certified as a high performance coach. And I've been uh, practicing in that area for a number of years now with clients across the world. Um, entrepreneurs, uh, corporate leaders, individuals and teams in 33 countries around the world. So becoming that person is the journey and it's not it's not a destination. I've used that same philosophy in a, a sporting environment where I set myself the goal of becoming a, a, a Spartan trifecta athlete, which I didn't know exactly what that would mean in the beginning, but it essentially meant that I would have to master the short format, which is a sprint, five kilometers and 20 obstacles, and then the super, which is 10 kilometers and 25 obstacles, and then the beast, which is a half marathon and 30 obstacles. And I said, I want to become a Spartan athlete because I knew the journey of becoming that person who could achieve those things would be the victory, not just crossing the finish line. It was way tougher than I thought it would be. But ultimately, when I did cross the finish line of the beast in that first year where I did all three formats, um, I was really, really pleased that I'd become that person. Same thing with becoming an author this year. You know, this was a priority for me, probably for about 10 years, a dream, a priority for the last three years where I spent a lot of time researching and really just refining my message and um, getting those messaging themes consistent throughout the book, getting coaching on the book, getting inputs, um, support and encouragement from mentors, and eventually became a published author. So. I celebrate that again. It's awesome that the book is out because I know it's going to have impact in the world. And I celebrate the fact that I became a published author by doing the things that I needed to do to become that person. So I think that's exactly why I've got, you know, those three questions in that, in that order. Who do you want to be or become? What do you want to do or achieve? And then what do you want to have? And not necessarily material things, but what impact do you want to have? Um, so hopefully that, that gives you a bit more insights into why those three questions. Yeah, I love it. And I don't want to gloss over that either because the, the being first is so important, right? Cause I, I mean, I'm guilty mm-hmm. of that. I think we all are. It's like, if you, you think like, Oh, if I just have that, 
if I just achieve this, then I will finally be happier X, Y, and Z. And that's, yeah. that's not really the point though. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, man. You know, as far too often we we hold back and we get to points in our lives where we know we there's there's more that we want to do, more that we want to experience, whether it's for ourselves, for our families, our friends, our loved ones, impact we want to have in the community, and we get to a place where we realize, oh, I don't, I don't have certain things, whether that's skills or resources, but the reality is everything you need to succeed is in your life today. So we have access to so much information on the internet, especially now with um, AI for accelerated learning, for accelerated access to anything we want, we can figure it out if we ask the right questions. Um, and that could be who's woken up today with the resources that I need to do the thing that I want to do. I might not have the resources, but somebody else does. I might not have the skills, but somebody else does. Who can I connect with or how do I learn and how do I upskill to be able to do those things? So I think it's a, it's a great question we should be asking ourselves on a daily basis. Who do we want to be today? How do we want to show up in the world? And then longer term, who do we want to become? And, and what do we need to learn? How do we need to grow to become that person to do the things that we want to do to have the impact we want to have? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that's, that's core. Um, what you said about access to information that that's core to, uh, my purpose and a, a belief of mine that with access to information and inspiration and opportunity, you can do anything. Mm. Love that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Inspiration, opportunity, and then the action that comes out of it. You can do anything. Love yep. it. Yep. Yeah. I agree. That was, that's a key piece, the action that comes and we'll, we'll get into that stuff. Um, so yeah. to dive into your book, you talk about two main themes, personal mastery and professional excellence. Can you describe what you mean by those? Yes. So personal mastery is all about your personal ecosystem and what you get right in your personal life to be able to thrive in your professional life. So Stephen Covey taught us in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that private victories precede public victories. So when we win in our personal life, we win in our professional life. It spills over into our professional life. So what are the, some of the things that we need to master in our personal life? Well, the first is our um, what I call sense, you, you know, we've got to make common sense, common practice. So sense is an acronym that stands for sleep, exercise, nutrition, spirit, and environment. So those five things, I think we need to master them. You know, we've, we've got to sleep enough. A lot of people will know you're supposed to get seven to nine hours sleep, but, but do they make that common practice? Are they getting, you know, more than seven hours sleep a night to be able to thrive the next day? We know that we've got to exercise. We've got to move. We've got to generate energy. We know we've got to nourish our bodies in the right way, put, put good fuel in our systems. Um, but not everybody makes that common practice. Um, I think spirit is super important as well. And for me, that's faith. But for a lot of people that might just be around values, that if you violate your values, your principles, you feel that when you operate congruently with your values and principles, you feel that too in a really, really good way. So spirit is important. An environment has so much to do with the way we perform, whether that's your own environment that you're in. Is it a nice, neat, tidy, clean environment that you can be creative in and you can thrive in? Getting outdoors into the environment to get fresh air, natural light, um, and just, you know, be able to enjoy the blues and the greens out there. A lot of science goes into how beneficial blues and greens are for our well-being and natural light and, and fresh air. And then actually also being immersed in, in an environment where you can thrive. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, are you hanging out with other entrepreneurs? If you want to be a singer, are you 
in an environment where singing is a thing and people are singing and they're learning, they're developing their skills, whatever it is, environment is also critical. So all of that is something we can control. It's our personal ecosystem. It's our personal masteries in our hands. And then when it comes to professional excellence, a lot of that is about leadership, um, especially leading self first, leading others, and then leading your, your team or your business, your organization. So with that personal leadership, you need to know whether you've got to upskill in your technical ability, how you need to increase your influence. Um, and there, there's a lot of, I guess, commercial elements that'll go into professional excellence, depending on what industry you're in and how you need to show up uh, in, in a professional environment. But I do think those two are common themes throughout the book that I'm super passionate about. I love the concept of mastery, that it, it takes time. Mastery takes time. Transformation mm-hmm. takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And if we study and practice, we can master any skill uh, and get those elements right in our personal lives and our professional lives. I love that. You have so many great tools, like the the acronym you gave them, SENSE, right? So it's, let's go over it again. Sure. It's um, senses for um, sleep, exercise, nutrition, spirit, and environment. Those five elements. Um, I found myself, Amanda, traveling around the world in my consulting days. And regardless of what country I was in and what organization I was working with, I found that people were facing the same challenges, that there was a culture in their organization of achievement at all costs. And what was happening is people were burning out. Um, I was hearing about relationships going pear-shaped and, you know, maybe achieving a lot at work, but it was at all costs, damaging relationships at work, damaging relationships at home, damaging their well-being. So because of my purpose and passion for liberating greatness, even though I was in a particular market, potentially doing a sales or negotiation or marketing training program, I was coaching people on their personal ecosystem saying, when last did you get a good night's rest? How many hours are you getting? Um, come and exercise with me in the morning. I'm going to be at the gym at six o'clock. Let's go do a hit workout. Um, don't eat that. Let's rather eat that. Are you hydrating? Are you taking care of your spirits? Are you looking after your environment? And, you know, before long, I found that that was happening consistently in every organization I was working with. Uh, so I felt it's, it's part of my calling to help people take care of what I call their MEPS well-being, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. And how do we do that? We make common sense, common practice. So a couple, a couple of frameworks that interplay there. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I actually witnessed firsthand, um, your work. You know, you and I met actually through, um, someone you were working with who is a business partner of mine. And I had the privilege of sitting in a few sessions and also just watching the growth, um, both again, to your point of personal mastery and professional excellence. I got to watch the growth in both those areas of his life and how intertwined they are. And, um, you know, he made huge steps in his personal life, but also in, in his professional, um, he got really clear on, you know, what he wanted and what importantly, just as importantly, what he didn't want. Um, so it was really cool to see that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, just thoroughly enjoyed working with them. And, you know, here's someone who's achieved so much in so many different areas of life and business, but also needed some clarity on, you know, which direction do I go in and um, what do I do and what do I not do? And making those tough decisions uh, requires a lot of courage, you know, and 
I often find that that's part of the power of coaching is having that perspective, get, being able to challenge and push my clients and encourage them to demonstrate courage, helping them find clarity and purposeful direction. And I just love that moment where, you know, clients do experience that, that clarity and they're super clear on where they want to go. They have that purposeful direction. They're solid in their values and how they want to show up and what they're expecting of the people around them. And then they're able to demonstrate more courage with confidence. Um, so it was wonderful, you know, seeing that with them and, uh, yeah, just such a blessing to be able to work together. Yeah. And is, is personal uh, mastery and professional excellence what you mean by greatness? Well, greatness is going to be different for everybody, you know, so, um, you'll, you'll read in the book how I speak about wanting, wanting to be the goat, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Now, some people as athletes will be the goat. They will be the greatest of all time in their sport. I want to be the goat in terms of, um, the best that I can be. I want to be the best husband to my wife. I want to be the best kids to my, uh, the best father to my kids. I want to be the best coach that I can be to my clients. Um, the best author that I can be, you know, and that's not necessarily topping any specific list. It's like, can I be the greatest that I can be because I put in the effort that I needed to put in to achieve what I wanted to achieve? Um, and for, for me, that, that means we need to have the humility to learn and grow. We got to test and fail and fail fast and fail often. We got to learn from that, grow from that, and also avoid any comparison. The minute we get into comparison, we start comparing ourselves in terms of financials between each other or what we've achieved in material things between each other, somebody always ends up on the back end of that deal. So I just think greatness is unique to everyone. What I want to encourage people to do is to look inside and recognize greatness is within each and every one of us. How do we liberate greatness? How do we unlock the full potential that we have? And then also to recognize that our greatness is not just for us. It's the gift that we get to give to the world. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, Thank you. Do, do you find uh, that people tend to spend more, especially like high performers in the work setting? Do they tend to spend more time on the professional piece and ignore the personal? Or I'm sure it's pretty case dependent, but. Well, definitely when I start working with um, clients, especially in the corporate world, um, they are focusing more on the professional side. And what ends up happening is you get people that become quite frustrated. They they aren't making the progress that they want to make. Um, they start getting a little bit checked out of the organization mentally, if, if not physically. And we went through that massive resignation a few years ago. It was called the Great Resignation. And then there was, uh, you know, just people moving to different organizations and starting their own things. And I was saying the biggest opportunities for corporate organizations is the great retention. How do you retain your top talent? And the way to retain top talent is to re-engage them and re-energize them. How do you re-engage them and re-energize them? We help them win personally. And that's where the personal mastery comes in. So a lot of my corporate work, I start working with clients and like, wow, I didn't realize how personal this is. I said, yes, because Business is about people dealing with people. It's not just about the business and about the KPIs that you have or the objectives that you have to achieve, um, sales targets or whatever the case is. It's about how do you thrive as an individual so that you can be the best for your family and so that you can be the best at work. The second people get that and they start implementing the personal mastery elements, 
They start feeling better. They start feeling more inspired. They take more positive action. It's a positive upward spiral. And eventually they've got so much momentum, they're unstoppable. And that all starts with, you know, taking care of the, the personal mastery elements first. Um, and then the professional elements, professional excellence elements are so easy to put in place because you've got that momentum that you've been building up. Yeah. That really resonates with me actually, because I, when I started my career in big law and it was brutal and, um, I really, I got to a point where I was so checked out and I just absolutely hated it. And I mm. think I often wonder if I would still be in law if at the time I was doing all the self work that I was, that I'm doing now and focusing yeah. on those, that personal side of me. But I think I just got so unhappy and I blamed it on work. And then I left that and was like, Oh shit. Now I still have to like deal with all of this stuff. <laughs> Maybe it yes. wasn't just the yes. work. Yes. And the thing is, the minute work starts identifying your gaps um, personally and starts encouraging you to work out and saying, you know, you look tired. When last did you get a proper night's sleep? It takes some time off um, and demonstrating that sincere care. Until that happens, you just uh, prolong um, a, a high level of stress and anxiety and that becomes quite dangerous long term. Um, interesting enough, I've, I've just returned from the Bahamas where I spent a few days with a team of oral care physicians at a mission um, in Eleuthera. And we had 14 hour days, so long days, but loads of energy in the room because everybody started their day with some yoga or some stretching on the beach or a workout or watching the sunrise. And yes, Bahamas is always gonna energize you because it's, it's just beautiful there. But they did that to start their day. They ate healthy throughout the day. We had vibey music. We had stretching. We were energizing throughout the day. And we created an environment where the oral care physicians could thrive so that they could serve their patients at their highest ability. And I think that's something we should be able to bring into any organization. Um, a lot of my clients, if you dived into their calendars, you will see um, they're generating energy for an hour a day or they're getting fit for growth. Fit, fit for growth is my is the name of my business. And they'll just put that in there as they're getting fit for growth. And it's, it's fit mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is. When anybody sees that, nobody tries to overwrite it with the meeting because they know why they're doing what they're doing. They're taking care of themselves. And self-care is in the service of others. It's not selfish. And I think that's a mindset shift that we all need to have is self-care is not selfish you shouldn't feel guilty taking an hour out of a busy day to go and recharge, re-energize, go to the gym, just take a walk, um, eat some healthy food, you know, whatever it is for you. Um, so when we get those elements right, that helps us perform even better. We become even more productive when we get back to work. Yeah. I can speak from experience that that's the most important part of my day for sure. It's yeah, a, it's a yeah, non-negotiable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. Well done. Well done. I know you're so passionate about that as well. And it's, uh, you know, I've seen that in your life where you do prioritize it and it is a non-negotiable. And, you know, that's as much a decision as it is then following through and taking action on it. And because you're doing both, that allows you to thrive personally and professionally. Yeah. Um, thank you. So your signature uh, teaching technique is uh, what you call the Liberate Greatness Framework. Um, yes. So we'd love for you to describe who or what it is and who it's for and maybe go over 
on a high level, the steps, and then we'll come back and kind of dig into each a little bit more. Perfect, perfect. So I, I suspected you were, you would go there. So I've got a, a framework to show everyone, and I'll, I'll talk right. I'll talk them through it. So I talk about how all proactive change starts with awareness. So if you have a look at step number one, all proactive change starts with awareness, and then we move round the circle. We go from awareness to alignment to action, to accountability, to amplification and acceleration. So let me talk through those different elements. If we want to change the situation, we first need to change ourselves. We need to be aware of where we are now and where we want to get to. That awareness is critical if we want to make proactive change happen. Now, there definitely are certain changes that happen to us, and we're living in a world of accelerating change that we cannot control. And we just have to accept and embrace that. We, we can't control those things. But what can we control? We can control our thoughts, our words, our actions. So even just having awareness of our thoughts and saying, are those thoughts serving me? Are my words serving me? Are they helping me? Is my narrative good? Am I doing and saying the right things? Are my actions serving me and serving those around me? Awareness. I think there's three parts of awareness that are critical. It's self-awareness, awareness of others, and then awareness of inter interdependence that could take place. Um, the fact that we're on a podcast together, and there's inter interdependence taking place here. You know, you've got skills, I've got skills, we're having a great conversation. Um, you're aware of my situation, I'm aware of your situation, and we're interacting in a way that serves and supports each other. So self-awareness, awareness of others, and interdependence. Then with great awareness, we need great alignment. Now, alignment in your personal capacity, and this could apply to everybody. In fact, the whole framework can apply to everyone, whatever situation you're in, whether you want to take this as a liberating greatness in your personal life or your professional life, you can apply this framework. So great awareness and then great alignment. The alignment is with purpose, mission, values, goals, objectives. So you might be aware of the fact that you aren't great at a particular sport. Let's just take golf, for example. So you're aware of the fact that you're not great at a particular sport. You're also aware of the fact that if you want to become good at golf, you need to go to the driving range every day. You need to be you know, chipping and putting and practicing every single day, probably four or five hours a day, and play a few rounds of golf. So you're aware of that. But if it's not aligned to your goals and your purpose, it's pointless. So you don't then go and take that action because your purpose is not to become a professional golfer. Your purpose is to inspire people, to motivate people, to share knowledge and help people achieve great things through um, information and inspiration. That's your purpose. So you have to have great awareness and great alignment. And then the action you take is laser, laser focused. So in the absence of awareness and the absence of alignment, actions all over the place. I see this so much with teams where people are doing a lot of things. They're super busy but they're misaligned and therefore they're not achieving what they should be achieving. So when it comes to accountability, which is the next part of the framework, nobody wants to be held accountable because they weren't aligned. You know, we were busy, we were doing stuff, but we weren't aligned. So that's often where things fall down is between awareness and alignment and action. Again, with great awareness and great alignment, you'll take laser focused action and then people love accountability. And I really encourage people to love accountability because accountability helps us level up to higher levels of excellence. It raises our standards to higher levels of excellence. Think about a coach that you may have had, Amanda, whether that's a personal trainer or a business coach or a, you know, a mental coach or mindset coach, any coach in your life, 
will hold you accountable to doing the things that you committed to doing. Yeah. You know, a personal trainer will blow the whistle and say, get to gym. Um, yep. you committed to being here, get to the gym. Right. Now that you're on, you know, at the gym, get onto the treadmill. Let's do this. You know, and you know, how's your nutrition going? And they'll check in with you and accountability raises your standards because you know, you're going to be held accountable. So I think it's so powerful. And in the, in the book, I talk about different levels of accountability to yourself, to your family, to your accountability partners, and also to your calling or your creator. You know, I do think that there's a higher level of accountability we need to hold ourselves to. Um, and, and it really does uh, help us level up. So as we move through those first four elements, awareness, alignment, action, and accountability, then we can go into amplification and acceleration. And the amplification is all about leading self, leading others, leading your team. So it's, it's, it's leadership. Um, it's also about managing systems and using your influence. So I think there's a huge opportunity for us to tap into the influence that we have to do positive things in the world. And if you think about, you know, amplifying and, and ex expanding a, a ball or a spinning wheel, when you amplify it and then spin it, the impact is even greater. And then the acceleration is how do we get that ball or that wheel moving even faster? And we do that through innovation, communication, collaboration, and co-creation. So I know I've rattled off so many concepts there. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the book in, uh, in 60 seconds. But, um, yeah, hopefully that gives you some insights on the framework. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. And I think each step is, uh, critically important. Um, so let's back up and go to. The awareness piece, because like we, sure. I mean, it's similar to what we said at the beginning. It's like, who do you want to be and knowing that, right? And getting clear on that. Is this a challenging step for people? I imagine it would be because it requires self-reflection and stillness, right? Yes. Yes. So good. And that stillness, that self-reflection, reflection is a skill and a lot of people don't practice it. You know, they don't realize that it's something they've got to develop. You know, if there's anything that is um, probably one of the biggest pandemics out there at the moment, it's the uh, the shift of attention or the draw of our attention to constant notifications, constant interruptions. Um, there's a massive problem in the world right now where people are giving the attention to so many different things. So to have that stillness that you speak about, to have that gift of self-reflection and just asking questions, you know, how did I do last week? Um, you know, where did I win last week? Where did I learn last week? Not necessarily where did I lose, but where did I learn last week that will help me next week? Am I showing up the way I'm committing to showing up? Am I positively impacting people? You know, to really ask those questions, have that time of self-reflection, and then to ask, okay, next week, what do we want to do differently? What do I start, stop, continue doing? What do I need to learn? What are my priorities for the week? So what I've just mapped out there is is what I call my weekly review and preview. It's wrap, W-R-A-P. Um, but even just that, having that time of reflection to do the wrap, weekly review and preview, look backwards at the week it was, look forward. I think it's super, super powerful. So I get all my clients to do that so that they have that at least weekly time of, of self-reflection. I think the the other aspect of awareness, and you, you said it's hard for a lot of people, sometimes people just don't want feedback, you know, in whatever mm -hmm. shape or form that is, um, mm -hmm. whether it's feedback that they're giving themselves or they've all of a sudden become aware of something, or if somebody else gives them feedback, people get very defensive. Where if you look at athletes, athletes crave feedback. They know the power of feedback. They know the power of, 
you know, asking the question, how did I do? You know, time me around the track. You know, what was my time? What's, what, what was my technique like? What do I need to do differently? And the top athletes in the world will have a team of coaches to give them that perspective, to give them that feedback. And they don't want to hear you were great. You're awesome. They want to hear where they're getting it wrong, what they need to do differently to improve. So I think in, in our personal lives and our professional lives, we should be as receptive. You know, if somebody comes to us and says, Hey, listen, I don't know if you know, but the way you showed up in that presentation wasn't great. You know, it didn't resonate with people or your slides were messy or, you know, maybe you could have brushed your hair or, you know, just whatever. Like people, if we get that feedback, we shouldn't get defensive. We should be like, thank you. You've just given me a gift. I'm going to level up next time. Funny enough, I was actually in a, uh, in a three day event that I was facilitating with clients in London this week. And, um, one of the, the ladies stepped up and delivered an amazing presentation. Outstanding. It was, it was a highlight moment in, in the room for that day, for the whole three days. She delivered a disastrous presentation in the last three day meeting that we had. And she got some tough feedback. You know, she got some tough feedback from a few different people. Now she had a choice to make. She could have taken her feedback and said, that's nonsense. I don't know what they're talking about and whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. Or she can do what she did, which was take the feedback on board, embrace the opportunity to learn and grow, um, get some input, get some support from me, from her coaches in the business, um, you know, her, her leaders, um, and, uh, and level up, which she did. And this was a massive victory for her. So everybody's celebrating her. Everybody resonated with the message that she had to share because she was open to feedback. And I think it's just such a critical thing to help us with awareness. Either we have self-awareness or somebody's going to bring that awareness to us in the form of feedback. Both are powerful. Both are powerful if we tap yeah. into it. Yeah. And when we tap into it, we go to our next level. Yeah, that's super powerful. But can be really uncomfortable. I've, you know, I, I'm an athlete. I, I grew up an athlete playing soccer. So for me, I, yeah. I've always kind of been that person that's like, tell me, um, how to get better. I want to be the best version of me. And, um, I, I, but I have, I, I can be sensitive, especially when it's more personal feedback. Um, I remember yes. a friend delivered some feedback to me once. Um, and she said, you know, sometimes, you, you can come off as like a little tough, right? And maybe not, um, as approachable as I think that you are once you get, once I get, you know, once I got to know you, I was a little intimidated by you at first. And that kind of shocked mm. me because I, and I, well, it didn't actually. I've got, I've gotten that feedback before, but it's like not how I want to show up. And so, um, I think it, you know, upon some reflection, it like stemmed from a place of, Maybe if I'm in a setting and I'm not super comfortable, um, I could be, you know, a little standoffish, I guess. And so really mm. trying to work on that. And I think I've grown a lot in that area, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel good in that moment to get that feedback. <laughs> yeah. So how, how did you then accept and embrace it, Amanda? Because it sounds like you have uh, embraced it and, and maybe tweaked a couple of things. How, how did you do that? How long did it take you to pivot or change? Yeah, I think it's still ongoing and I have to be, I, I, I realized that a lot depended on kind of the mindset that I was in when I went to an event, for example, like if I wasn't really in the mood to be there, um, I think that I have that energy, right. And, and I don't put the effort mm. in 
or if it's a place where if I'm, I'm feeling not confident in myself in that setting or that environment, then um, I get that energy off, even though most people when they walk into a room, you know, everyone feels a little uncomfortable if they don't know people. And, and so I've really tried to then be that person that will like walk up to a stranger and be like, hi, I'm Amanda and try to make it easier for them because I know it's probably just as hard for them as it might be for me in that moment. And so again, step one, having that awareness. Mm, Really good. Really good. And, and, and then, you know, taking that feedback on board and making a minor tweak to improve. And I think often minor tweaks have major impacts. So all you did was change how you start the evening is yeah. you're intentional about when I go in, I'm going to go up to people and I'm going to say, hi, I'm Amanda. And just, I could hear the smile in your voice when you, when you were saying yeah. that, you know, so that's already lifted your spirits. It's lifted your mood because you chose to show up in that way. And I think that's so powerful. You know, we don't necessarily have to make major shifts. Sometimes people do need to make major shifts, but often it's those minor tweaks that make all the difference. Yeah. I loved that line in your book. Minor tweaks can have major impact because you're so spot yes. on with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And another yes, thing you, you spoke yeah. about uh, in the awareness piece was the awareness of how we speak to ourselves. And that's something I'm mm. working on too. So can you expand on that a yeah. little bit? Yeah, I think, um, you know, so often, um, Amanda, we get into these negative mindset spirals. So we have these thoughts that come into our heads and we say things to ourselves, you know, like we do something, we're disappointed with something, you're like, you're such an idiot, you know, so really you're talking to yourself in a negative way and you've allowed that negative thought to negatively impact your thoughts and your words and then the actions that come out of it are not going to be good. So I, I try to encourage, you know, others and, and I'm including myself in this as well. I've got to watch my internal narrative. And I recognize that if we take that negative thought and we allow it to make us make us discouraged or deflated or demotivated and we dwell in that place, we can become depressed. And it's a downward spiral and it happens so quickly. So if I catch myself going down that spiral, I've got to stop myself. And if anybody catches himself going down that spiral, you've got to stop yourself and say, okay, well, I know where this is going. I'm going to end up down this negative spiral. I'm going to get to the end of the day and I'm going to be depressed because I've done nothing. I've allowed myself to dwell in the space. So instead of going down there, let's just see this negative thought as just a thought. It's just a thought. I'm feeling certain things. Why is that? I think it's a good question. Why am I feeling those things? And then the very next question I ask is what's one positive thing that I can do? And I look for something positive to do. Is that send an email? Is it make a phone call? Is it get outside and get some fresh air? Is it park what I'm doing? Go do a workout. Go have a healthy meal. Go speak to someone. What's the one positive action that I can take that'll allow me to start moving forward? And I find when we take one positive action that leads to the next positive action and the next positive action and the next, and all of a sudden we're in motion. And when we're in motion, things just start happening differently. Um, we become inspired. We start making progress. We make enough progress. We start making uh, and building momentum. And you build enough momentum, you become unstoppable. And the gap is actually from unstoppable at the top to depressed at the bottom. That's the gap we need to be aware of. Um, And it all starts with that one thought that comes in and a decision to take one positive action instead of going down the negative spiral. Yeah, that's a a great piece of advice. Um, my uh, My coach often says, like, when you find yourself in a familiar story, 
like give that story a name. And so then mm. when you catch yourself in it, you could be like, Oh, there's the whatever, whatever. And then yes. let it go. Yeah. I love that. It's been really helpful. I for love me. that. Yeah. 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 Um, I love that. And so intentional, right? I mean, you're saying you're identifying it. You've got that awareness. You're saying, right. I'm not, I'm not afraid. I see you negative thought or I see you story. And I'm not going to let you send me down a negative spiral and you let it go. You push it aside. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have awareness. Let's move into alignment. Um, yes. How do you make sure you're acting in alignment? Alignment's critical. I think the first thing is you've got to have clarity on um, where, you, where you're where headed. You know, so if you think about alignment, everything in a straight line, um, where's the direction? Like, what are you, what are you moving towards? And um, how, how intentional are you being on that path? So when I talk about alignment, I talk about alignment with your purpose, your mission, your values, your goals, your objectives. And within a corporate environment or team environment, I add your ways of working. How are you going to work together? Because if you misalign on how you're working together, there's going to be conflict. So having clarity on your purpose um, allows you to then be intentional with your action. So for me, I exist to serve by liberating greatness. That's my purpose. If somebody asks me to do a piece of work, I'm going to ask myself the question, is this just work or is this an opportunity to liberate greatness? Because I don't need to just do work. I want to liberate greatness. I want to love the work that I'm doing. And if it is, then I'll, then I'll get involved and I'll do my best to liberate greatness in that environment, whether it's for the individuals or the teams or the business. When it comes to, um, your, your, your mission and your values, I'm clear on the mission that I'm on to impact a million leaders around the world. So this opportunity to be on a podcast with you, one, I would have dived in straight away just because it's you and I wanted to have a great conversation with you and look forward to catching up. And because I know the audience that you're reaching, I want to positively impact the people that you're positively impacting. I want to be on that journey with you. So this is in alignment with my mission as well as my purpose. And then you think about goals, you think about objectives, you think about values as well. You'll feel it if you're violating your values. You know, whether you're um, spiritual or not, if you if you have a value system, and I, I always think the best of people that we do have a moral compass and that we do have values that we know we should be living by, when we violate those values, we feel it. Um, it, it, it. It hurts our spirit in some shape or form. When you're living in alignment with your values, you feel energized, you feel vibrant, you feel fully alive. And that's a signal that your values are intact, that you're crystal, crystal clear on who you are and how you show up in the world. And you're not going to let anything get in the way of being the best version of yourself. And we all stumble. We all make mistakes. Um but it's about how do we come quickly back to that place of, okay, that was not the best way to show up. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to who I want to be. I want to get realigned with who I am and how I want to show up and the values I want to live. Um, so just making sure that all of those are aligned, I think is so powerful. And if they're misaligned, misalignment leads to misery, whether that's acting outside of purpose or off purpose, whether that's not having a mission and just, you know, moving from day to day aimlessly or not having goals, nothing to achieve, nothing to chase, no dreams to go after, or um, or being misaligned with your values, any of that misalignment will cause tension in your own life. It'll ultimately lead to misery. And and that's why I'm so passionate about helping people find their, their alignment. Yeah. Um, the piece about being missionless and being unclear on your purpose, um, yeah. I kind of want to dig in there because 
I think sometimes it can be hard to figure out what your purpose is and, um, mm. what, yeah, what your mission is, you know, if, and I can speak from experience, like just kind of jumping in on a career path that, um, you know, was supposed to get me to a certain point. And if I just kind of follow the rules and did well as a lawyer, like you have a great life. Right. And that didn't sit mm. well with me, but it, it's taken me a long time to like work through and figure out like, what is my purpose? What is the value I want to bring to the world? Um, so what advice do you mm. have somebody that might be in a uh, similar situation as I've been? I would encourage anyone looking to define their purpose to be open to exploring and really getting clear on, um, firstly, how they want to show up in the world and the sort of impact that they want to have. So one of the exercises that I have clients do right in the beginning of our time working together, and I, I do this if we're in person in, in workshops or if I'm working, you know, one to one with individuals is I have them define their three words. And those are three words that define the best of who they are or who they could be. The three words that they'd be proud to have people describe them as because it reflects the truest and best version of them. So, Amanda, if you were to, you know, maybe have someone tweet about you, not tweet about you, what is it, X, X about you now, or, or, yeah. or hashtag, <laughs> put three hashtags about you, what are the three hashtags that they would use? You know, when you see people using three hashtags that are your three words, that just resonates. So my, my three words are enthusiasm, e excellence, and, uh, and e extraordinary. I want to be enthusiastic, excellent, and extraordinary. And the enthusiasm is all about joy and energy and vibrancy. The excellence is a spirit of excellence, not perfection. It's a spirit of learning, growing, um, the humility to get feedback and to accept the fact that even if today my way is the best way and you say there's a better way to do things, then we do it your way. That's excellence, continual improvement. And I want to be a person of extra. I don't necessarily want people to say I'm extraordinary. I want to be a person of extra, extra time, extra effort, extra love, extra attention to detail. I want to be an extra mile person. So when I talk about being enthusiastic, excellent and extraordinary, those words have so much color to me and it keeps me on track with my purpose of liberating greatness. So liberating greatness, um, you know, came from a pain point, um, which I turned pain into purpose when I lost my father to suicide and my mother to cancer a couple of years after that. And just realizing had he had somebody in his life encouraging him and, you know, just walking alongside him and, and inspiring him and, Maybe just asking the questions, are you okay? Um, do you need help? What is it you need? We can, we can find something. Maybe he wouldn't have done what he did, you know, and, and, um, I just want to be, you know, someone who's a catalyst for others to liberate their greatness and, um, inspire them on that journey to finding their purpose and living with purpose. So that's a great starting point. If you haven't done that, um, you know, for your listeners out there, because Amanda, I know you've, uh, you've had the opportunity to do that exercise. Um, that's a great starting point. What are your three words on how you want to show up? Um, I use it in different ways. You know, with my kids, I want to be present, kind, and gentle. If I'm not present mentally, even though I'm physically present, my mm -hmm. kids irritate me. And when I feel that irritation because they just <laughs> want to talk and they want to come and show me stuff, when I feel that irritation, I know that I'm the problem. It's not them. They're, you know, I'm, I'm the problem because I'm not present. The second I get present and I come down to their level and I engage with them, I see them for the beautiful little beings that they are. And we have the most amazing moments of connection because I'm present and then I can be kind and then I can be gentle. So such a powerful way for us to be intentional on how we show up in the world. 
by defining our three words. There are also some great frameworks out there in the book. I quote um, a friend of mine who developed the Ikigai framework, a guy called Mark Wynn, who's just a, a fantastic human being, um, put this framework together. And a lot of people use Ikigai as a, an opportunity to think about you know, what, what they're passionate about, uh, what they can get paid for, what the world needs, their vocation, and a few other elements that go into that to find their purpose. So, you know, coming back to answer your question in the beginning, how do we help people? It's, it's really just letting them be open to explore, to be intentional about how they want, how they want to show up and start like, you know, really finding the way to capture why they're here. And not just here in this room, but why they're here on this planet. What is it that they're really called to do? And we've each got different things that we're wired to do. No one of us is the same. So it's beautiful when we're able to articulate our purpose that resonates 100% with us as individuals. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, really powerful. I'm, and I'm going to make it my, I'm going to set the intention to go back and revisit my words um, for the new year and go into the new year with a very, you know, very clear purpose. Um, yeah, I think that's really powerful. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks. You know, I'm so sorry about the loss of your parents. Um, but you know, grateful that you've been able to turn that pain into purpose. Yeah. Thank you. It was such a tough time in my life, but I think, you know, so much good came out of that as well. Um, I met my wife during that time and, you know, we got three amazing kids. Um, I, I found so much love and support from the community, uh, business-wise, uh, I learned a lot about entrepreneurship during that time as well and, you know, had a business um, that I renovated that we doubled turnover, tripled the profitability in six months, sold 49% share of the business, so had a partner for six years and that was an amazing experience. So, so much good came out of it and I think a lot of that was a choice as well. You know, I had to make that choice in my mind to say, mm-hmm. one, I'm never going down that path, you know, and that's not down the same path as my dad. And God forbid, same path as my mom, I'm going to do whatever I can to look after my health, my mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being, which is why I'm so passionate about helping others to do that as well. You know, that recognizing when we don't, um, we go down negative spirals and we stay down in that place of depression for long enough. It's a one-way street. And so many people end up in that dark place that will never understand. Um, and my heart goes out to people that are suffering with depression. You know, so my, my request if anybody out there is listening and they're in a dark place, put your hand up and ask for help. Yeah. There are so many options for each of us every single day. Somebody will help and somebody will, will support and encourage and, and provide whatever is necessary. So we've got to be okay with asking for help when we need help. So that's something I've become you know better at is asking for help when I need help. Um, taking care of my MEPS well-being and encouraging others to do the same. And to be able to recognize that sometimes our struggle is our gift. It's our gift, you know, we get to give the world, we can turn pain into purpose. Um, and even just recognizing that, you know, uh, both my parents went to the grave with greatness inside of them. No more people on my watch. You know, I want, I want to liberate greatness. I want people having their greatness released in this world as a gift to everybody around them. So that when you go to the grave, it's like, okay, we did what we were called to do. We achieved what we were supposed to achieve. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that so much. Um, do you think purpose, you. your purpose can change? So I think um, if you've got an overarching purpose, um, something like 
I exist to serve by liberating greatness. Mm -hmm. That can apply in so many different areas of your life. I think we can be purposeful on a daily basis and that could change based on the situation that we're in. So we can Mm -hmm. find ourselves in moments we realize my purpose right now is to inspire these people or my purpose right now is to communicate a message that resonates that really helps people shift something in their minds or my purpose right now in the season of my life is to be the best parent that I can be. So I think we can be um, you know, more purposeful, well, your, your, your purpose can evolve based on the situations. But I do think we should have an overarching purpose that is resolute. It's who we are. It's the very fabric of our DNA. And I think when we have that, everything else kind of falls into place because we're able to use that overarching purpose as a filter for how we do different things. Um, so I do encourage everyone to to be intentional on a daily basis and to just think about the situations they, they're in. Um, so yeah, hopefully that, that answers yeah, how, definitely. how I view. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's move into action. I like this step. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, cool. Action's, action's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, uh, one, what you said, a line in your book that I loved, uh, is start before you're ready. So powerful. Yes. And for me, just a quick, uh, a story like with this podcast, um, I had my first episodes recorded for months and I was sitting on it and I was like, well, I just need to tweak this on the website and change the font and then do this. And I finally was like, what am I waiting for? And I found that yes. it was because I was scared. This is, I was a very vulnerable thing for me to do. And I was like, okay. Even though I feel terrified, I just have to do it and I can change the font later. I can change the design later. Like, let's just put it out. And nobody even knew I was putting it out on the day that I did. I don't think I knew. I just got to this point where I was like, I have to do it. Just do it. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, the interesting thing is when I saw that you had um, started a podcast, I was like, that's amazing. And that's fantastic. And yes, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. You're awesome. You speak well, you've got a great network. I can't wait to hear some of the guests that you're going to bring on. So we get into our own heads and we think that we're not ready to start. But other people looking from the outside in, when they see the work that we're doing, they're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like I did about you and your podcast, right? Thank you. So the concept of Pleasure. The, the, the concept of starting before you're ready is just recognizing we are going to suck in the beginning and that's okay. We yeah. might not get it right and that's totally fine, but we've got to get the reps in to actually figure out how do we I- improve, figure out where we're making mistakes and learn and grow and test and iterate and fail forward. A lot of people will have one failure in inverted commas and, and stop and they'll be like, that was a disaster and they stop. We're actually, what they should be asking is, okay, what do I need to learn from the situation? What did I love about what just happened? And what do I really not like about what just happened that I need to do differently next time? Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it really is about progress over perfection. Um, and, and I had to learn that for myself. You know, my dad was a perfectionist. I think that was part of his mental health challenges is that when he wasn't getting it perfect, he really beats himself up mentally about that. And I used to do the same thing. Um, where I had to be okay with progress over perfection, a spirit mm-hmm. of excellence. I don't want to encourage people to lower their standards. I don't think that's the right thing. I want to encourage people to raise their standards for excellence and continu- continual improvement. And part of how we do that is just to get out and do the thing we want to do, 
knowing we will get better. Every single rep, we will get better if we study and practice. So that really is the, the heart of what action is all about. Um, kind of the subtitle for that chapter is your answer is, is always in your activity because, um, you know, people don't get the results that they want to achieve sometimes because they're not taking the action that they need to take to get the result that they need, whether that's in sales or putting a podcast out there or growing your business or learning how to become a better speaker or whatever it is, you've got to put the right action in to be able to get the results that you want to achieve. Um, so yeah, absolutely love the, the chapter on, on, on action. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually heard Mel Robbins say recently, um, that she, she's, she asked the person she was speaking to, what's the most powerful word in Nike slogan? Just do it. And yes, the person said, do. And she was like, no, it's the just like mm. do it isn't maybe as impactful. It's the just, it's the recognition of like, you might not be ready, but you just have to do it. You just have to get started. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And Mel Robbins is so um, inspiring, you know, with her principles around um, the five second rule that mm -hmm. she had to put in place for herself to say, get out of bed, five, four, three, two, one, get out of bed. Cause she was depressed. She was stuck. She didn't know how to, how to get out of that place, you know, so that became her, her method for helping her take more action consistently. And, you know, I've, I've applied that in my, in my life as well, where I find I'm procrastinating five, four, three, two, one. Do the thing, just take action. Um, so, you know, that, that just do it for, for a while. I actually had a, a Nike tick stuck onto my laptop to, to remind me as well to just do it. And, you know, like just get out there. You listen to the story behind Nike and they don't celebrate only athletes that win medals. They right. celebrate everybody that puts their sneakers on and gets outside and actually, you know, the trainers on gets outside and actually goes for the run. That's who they celebrate. It's the, the ones that just do it. And, I think it is. It's so powerful. Um, and it's the same in any area of our lives. You know, you think you're, you're already, a, you know, a few podcasts in. I don't know how many you've already recorded, uh, Amanda, but you know, just you're, you're mastering the skill. You know, you've got a number of great podcasts already recorded. We're having a wonderful interaction. Every single one's going to continue to evolve and you're going to do different things as you, as you go through this. Um, so I'm proud of you for taking action and obviously loving the fact that we're on this conversation yeah. because you did. Yeah, thank you. Me too. I'm having so much fun with it. Um, another line, I think it's from that section is, um, faith and fear are both rooted in belief. Mm. That's a biggie. That's a great line. Faith and fear are both rooted in belief. So it's really just yeah. choosing to believe one of those thoughts over the other, right? Absolutely. And, and you've just given me goosebumps just thinking about that as well. How, how powerful that is, you know, we're buying some sort of a story, we're believing something, you know, if we, if we have fear, we're believing in a worst case scenario, or we're believing that we're going to lose something, or believing that it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard, and, and we're fearful, we're believing those things, as opposed to having the faith to take action and, and believing something different, that if I do take action, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow, and regardless of the outcome, I'm going to be in a better place because I took action and having the faith to do that and having the faith to trust the process and to trust ourselves and to trust the people around us and to trust that we're where we need to be at the right time to actually step up and do those things. 
and to, you know, have the faith that we're not going to lose something, but we're going to gain so much more from that experience. So that idea of, you know, faith and fear are both rooted in the same thing. Belief is so powerful that we've got to encourage ourselves to just make sure we believe in the right things, you know, that we're, we're choosing faith over fear and that'll allow us to move, uh, move the needle forward. Yeah. I love it. So many quotes. I need to just write down all the quotes from your book on one page and have it handy. Okay. We've touched you. on uh, awareness, alignment, action. Now we move into accountability, which is another biggie. Um, you know, accountability to yourself um, and to others. So um, what do you recommend for people if they don't have the privilege of working with a coach um, or they don't even mm. maybe even have a boss of at work. How how do you hold yourself accountable? The the quickest way to hold yourself accountable is actually to have somebody else hold you accountable, somebody that you're giving permission to. Um, because a lot of people will battle to hold themselves accountable until they've put the right disciplines in place and until they've made those disciplines habitual. So it's easier for you and and myself, man. We've we've enjoyed sports we've been um you know more proactive with our um with, with studying and practicing that lifestyle that athlete lifestyle um so we can be more disciplined and hold ourselves accountable more than um those that haven't had that opportunity to to be trained in that way so you know if if you for example gave me a call to say hey listen i'm starting this new thing and it's going to be tough so i need you to check in with me on a weekly basis I would do it with absolute pleasure. And I'd call you, I'd text you, I'd say, hey, you promised you're going to do this. How's it going? Are you sticking to the plan? And just knowing that I'm going to call you every Monday, every Friday, whatever we decide, just knowing that I'm going to call, I'm going to ask you those questions, you will do what's required week to week to make sure that when we check in, you can say with full honesty, full integrity, thanks for checking in. I'm on track. I'm doing the things. I'm feeling great because of it. Um, I'm making progress. Or you can also say, you know what? I stumbled and I didn't get everything right. And I can encourage you in that moment. I can say, okay, that's last week. It's behind us. What are you going to do differently next week to make sure you don't make the same mistake that you made this past week? And just that accountability will help you week after week after week. And, you know, 90 days, three months down the line, you'll make incredible progress just having an accountability part partner. So, where can we find accountability partners? Well, you know, family, friends, colleagues, um, somebody around you is able to hold you accountable and would love the opportunity to support you. I think it's a misnomer when we ask for help. We think it's weakness. I think it actually comes from a position of strength. When we demonstrate vulnerability and we say, hey, I need some help in this area, it's demonstrating the strength that we have to communicate. We need support. And it's a compliment to the other person because you're saying, I need support. And you're the best person to give me the support. So I'm asking you. It's a compliment to them. Yeah. So what actually happens chemically in their body is they get a dopamine hit to their brain saying, you know, Amanda's just called and asked for help. I'm valuable because I can help Amanda. Mm -hmm. So they, they say, absolutely, Amanda, I'll help you because they're feeling good. They want to be on the journey with you. Your load is lightened. So you get help. It benefits both people. So that's definitely where, where I'd encourage people to start is get an accountability partner that's going to help you raise your standards to higher levels of excellence to get started. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Um, and I think people are more willing to help than we think that they are. I know asking for help, was, yeah, it's been challenging for me, but I've gotten better at it. Um, 
but I, yeah, people want to help. Like exactly what you said, it makes them feel good to help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And life's not meant to be done alone. So, you know, we need to have people in our corner that we can reach out to. We can share our wins. We can share our frustrations. Uh, you know, we can share our challenges and just get some perspective every now and again. And I think having an accountability partner like that is, is just so powerful. Um, what happens when we don't have accountability is we make excuses uh, because, you know, we'll do more for a coach. We'll do more for an accountability partner. We'll do more for a team than we'll actually do for ourselves. We can say, you know what? I don't feel like going to the gym today, so I won't go. But if there's a personal trainer that you've paid money to that's waiting for you that you know is going to be upset with you because you don't show up on time, you'll get out of bed and you'll get to the gym. Yeah. And it's, it's that powerful by having somebody in place to support you in that way. Yeah. Um, beautiful. All right. We're working our way through. We got awareness, alignment, action, accountability, and now amplification, uh, which is about amplifying your purpose, your message, your impact, your influence. Correct. Um, yes, that's right. So, um, that amplification and acceleration form part of an impact area of the wheel. So there's a, there's three outer messages around the wheel where we go from insight and that's awareness and alignment to implementation, which is the action and accountability to the impact, which starts with, with amplification and then goes into acceleration. So the way we amplify, I talk about three things in the book to amplify. The first is to, um, lead people. You know, if you're leading people, if you think about any business, if there's one person in the business, that business can only ever get to a certain height because that person's only got a certain amount of time. But if you start building a team and you're all doing the thing that the first person was doing, now you can amplify your impact in the world because you're leading people to do what you're doing. So leading people is the first thing. Managing systems is another way to amplify impact. And that could be, you know, any system or process that's going to help you have more reach, have more influence, have more impact in the world. And then the third thing is to use your influence for greater impact. Um, and we don't necessarily have to have millions of followers on social media to have influence. We can influence one person at a time. You know, we yeah. can influence somebody that becomes an influencer that has massive impact in the world because we we were that catalyst. We had that positive influence. We can influence our, our family and our friends at home um, and be a positive influence in their lives. And Whenever I think about influence, I'm always thinking about it in a positive way, recognizing that you could get negative influences and, you know, if people are negative influences in your life. They're probably manipulating you and that's an, a really negative thing. I always want us to be positive influences where it's better for those we're serving and it also helps us and it's mutually beneficial. I think that's a great way to influence in the world. So, so leading people, managing systems, using your influence. And that's how we have greater impact in the world. Yeah. And, and the point about, um, you know, you don't have to be in a position where you are reaching, you know, a million people or a hundred people. Like it's, it's, it can be that amplification can be just every interaction that you have with another human in a day, like just having Absolutely. a positive influence in that moment. Yeah. That's been a goal yeah. of mine. And maybe it's a result of the feedback that I, that I received, but. I, a goal of mine is that every interaction I have with somebody in a day, I want them to leave feeling a little bit better, whether they know why or not. It's just being that, mm. that light, that source of good energy. And believe me, I am not perfect. And there's probably people listening that are like, well, that's not always been my uh, interaction with Amanda, but <laughs> that's certainly, 
That's certainly uh, my goal. And I think um, uh, to pull another quote from your book, um, it was Desmond Tutu, is that it? Um, yes, yes. He said, do your little bit of good where you are. It's those little bits of good put together that overwhelm the world. I love that. Yes. Yeah, it's so powerful. And thank you for quoting Desmond Tutu. What a remarkable man and achieved so much, um, not only for South Africa, but in the world, you know, just brought so much joy and happiness and peace and reconciliation to, to the world, you know, so that was really, really beautiful. And it's those little bits of good. And I love you. I love you, the decision that you've made as well, Amanda, to, to be a positive impact for whoever is listening, whoever responds. And, you know, if we, if we put, you know, 20 people on this call, and um, they were listening intently and they walked away and thinking, wow, they've got some gems. Um, we've got a choice to make to say, well, it was only 20 people. Yeah, it wasn't a million people. Or we could say we positively impacted 20 people's lives today. 20 mm-hmm. people's families are going to be different because of the positive impact we've just had. One person's life changed is a, is a positive uh, step in the right direction. And all those little bits of good add up to overwhelm the world in Desmond's, uh, Desmond Tutu's words. So, um, I just think, you know, we got to, we got to humble ourselves to recognize that influence can happen in so many shapes or forms. It's not just about, uh, metrics in a, in a social media campaign. It really is the, the one to one personal impact that we can have, the personal positive influence that we can have in each person's life. And, um, if we focus on that and we focus on serving and people are positively impacted as a result, it's less about the outcome, more about the the service and the journey of doing those things. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, okay, last step, acceleration. Yes. So acceleration is all about um, innovation, communication, collaboration, and co-creation. There and, we go. <laughs> um, a, a lot of a lot of uh, alliteration there. Um, I I found especially with um, corporate organizations that I work with um, and entrepreneurs that have teams that are that are wanting to grow, when they struggle, it's because they're not innovating. So they're not thinking of ways to do things better and differently and in a unique way. They're not thinking out the box. So they're not innovating. They're also not communicating. And when people don't communicate, when they don't talk, very, very difficult for them to connect and collaborate. So you, you just don't have any collaboration taking place. And if people aren't connected and they're not collaborating, they're not communicating, well, there's definitely no co-creation taking place. And what I find with high-performance teams is there is a strong level of human connection. They do communicate well together. They therefore collaborate. It's less about um, being precious about their own territory. It's more about saying, you know what, I can't do this without you. So let's get together. Let's use your unique abilities. Let's use my unique abilities. Let's also bring that person in and that team in and they collaborate in such a special way. And when they co-create the future, it's everybody's solution. It's not just my solution or your solution. It's now our solution because we've co-created it. And because we've co-created it, we buy into it and we, we own it and we drive it hard together. And because there's more than just one person driving it, we just accelerate the the progress we make. So I really did narrow it down to those four elements because I think they, they're incredibly powerful at helping people accelerate their growth and achieve their goals faster and amplify their impact, which is the promise of the book, Liberate Your Greatness, is those three promises. How do you accelerate your growth, achieve your goals faster, and amplify your impact? Ultimately happens with, with acceleration 
You cannot get to acceleration unless you've been through um, all of the previous five uh, stages in the journey, awareness, alignment, action, accountability, and amplification, then you can accelerate. And when you accelerate, magical things happen. I love it. I love it. Wow. Um, so powerful. And in that section, you also speak to the importance of failure, mm. right? And how critical it is and um, the importance of it. And you you said the Chinese word, which I, I loved. I have never heard this before. The Chinese word for danger has two meanings, crisis and opportunity. Love that's it. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, absolutely. The, the Chinese word for, for crisis has two, two meanings, danger and opportunity. And just recognizing that, um, you know, any crisis situation brings with it its dangers. Just think about the pandemic that we, we had uh, recently that is, is still lurking in some parts of the world. Um, mm-hmm. it brought, a, it brought, it's, it had a lot of people spinning because of the danger that they saw, danger to their own well-being, danger to their families, danger to businesses, danger to economies, danger to the world in so many ways, right? So, many industries were disrupted because of it. And there were some people that said, actually, where's the opportunity in this? And some people started making face masks and some people started sending out, you know, uh, tests for COVID. And, um, you know, part of that was serving and and providing a solution. And there was a commercial element to that as well. Um, Some people thought now's the time to level up and step up and serve at a high level. And I think it's important for us to recognize that, that if we're feeling we're in a crisis situation, don't only go to the negative, to the danger. Recognize the danger, feel the fear if there's fear, identify the risks, and look for the opportunities. Look for, um, you know, opportunities to learn and grow, go to your next level. So I think that addresses the one element that you spoke about. The other element was around um, failing and embracing failure. You know, innovation by design is about failing and failing fast and failing often. You know, we, we're never going to get things right on the first go. And how do we accept and embrace that opportunity to test, learn, iterate, and, and not just stop after the first or the second or the third attempt? Um, you know, the, the famous story about Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb, that he didn't fail 4,000 times or 5,000 times. He found four or 5,000 times how not to invent the light bulb. He only needed to find one way on how to get it right. And we stop after two, three, four, five attempts. You know, we stop. We're just like, that's enough. It's not working. No, actually keep going, test, learn, iterate, fail forward. And as long as we're failing forward, we're actually succeeding. If we embrace that principle that we can learn something from any situation, we're succeeding as we're failing forward. And I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, definitely. Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spikes, talks about failing too. And she she talks about how growing up, I think it was her dad who at the dinner table would ask, how did you fail today? Because you didn't want wow. to just talk about, um, you know, your wins or what went well, but the importance of, mm. of failing. And I think that's, that's really powerful. And that's, that's the attitude I try to bring to dating. Uh, every bad date <laughs> is a step in the right direction, right? <laughs> very good. Very good. Because you're learning something, right? You're yeah. learning what you don't like about uh, someone or, or you're learning about what characteristics you do value. And every, every, I love that every bad date is a step in the right direction. And, um, uh, and, and hopefully there's some good dates as well that are also teaching you what you, what you do love and what you do appreciate. So yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been amazing. Um, the framework is so beautiful and so thoughtful. And 
Um, you know, again, I've been lucky to have a, a coach and I know that's not accessible to everyone. And so your book is really, um, is accessible and is like having a coach. And then if you want to amplify it more, I know there's ways that they can, people can work with you. So, um, yeah, where do people find you? Thanks, Amanda. So I'm on um, all the social platforms um, at John Russo. Um, so on Instagram, LinkedIn are probably the, the best two places to get hold of me and Facebook as well as a third. Um, my website is johnrusso.com and I've got my book website, liberateyourgreatness.com. And then the corporate uh, coaching side is fitforgrowth.com, F-I-I-T number four growth.com. Um, so either of those three websites, good good ways to interact. I'm busy working on um, an online course that I'm going to be launching in the new year. So the, the plan is that the book can reach, you know, hopefully millions of people around the world at a really accessible, um, you know, cost. It's, it's really affordable. We try to make it as affordable as possible to reach as many people as possible. And for those that want to go a little bit deeper, there'll be the online course and master classes that I'm going to be putting out there. And obviously those that want to, um, you know, co- have coaching with me either on a one to one basis or in our group coaching programs can do that too. So, um, yeah, just grateful for the opportunity to serve your audience and to serve as many people as possible. Um, it helps me bring my purpose to life of liberating greatness. So I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Thanks, Amanda. My pleasure. And I'll link everything um, in the show notes. And um, just to end, do you have one last kind of call to action or piece of wisdom you want to leave people with? Thank you, Amanda. I would just encourage um, all the listeners out there today to recognize that greatness is within you and that it is um, accessible for you to liberate your greatness. So take one day at a time, start before you're ready, take one positive action after the next, after the next. And I'm super, super excited to see what you achieve in the world. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and are enjoying this podcast. If so, please consider supporting by subscribing, sharing with friends, liking episodes, and leaving reviews. It really, really does help. Again, thank you so much, and I will see you in the new year.